0: Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac 12 basketball podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me, a woman of Hoop, Avery at Brave Grapes. Hoops is back. Greg
1: at Bananamorphs. I'm so ready for basketball to be back.
2: And Pac 12 basketball casual read at MF underscore read. I just want to be clear it is still football season.
0: <laughs> not of this <laughs> podcast. It's not. No. <laughs> We've, we're, it's finally. We're at. Pac-12 Shooty Hoop season for the first time. Uh, We've got the 2022-2023 campaign popping off on November 7th, I think. I put 8th here, but I think it might be 7th. I'm pretty sure it is the 7th. I am a moron. Uh, It's on the 7th. Uh, So we're going to hear Talk some narratives. Talk some agendas. Talk some uh, hot takes. All of those things. Make some predictions for how the season is going to go. Programming note. This is how we're going to do this. If you are new to No Truck Stops, we're going to keep dropping our football episodes on Mondays at 5 a.m. Pacific, and our basketball episodes are going to drop every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific. Uh, when football season ends, we'll do some football discourse during our basketball episodes, and then we're going to talk about hoops for the rest of the time. That's how, that's how this will go. So uh, it has been, what, uh six months since basketball season i think i'm i'm ready for this to start however avery was saying before we hit record that she remembers absolutely nothing about back 12 basketball season
3: i feel like i can remember the 2021 season better better than this past season i don't remember what happened i think i blacked it out utah is that bad apparently that i just have no (laughs) recall
0: do you have... Okay, do, uh, I know you probably looked this up before we started, but do you know... Can you remember off the top of your head who won the Pac-12? Arizona. Okay. Do you remember who finished last?
3: Oregon State. Oregon State only had three wins and one <laughs> of them was Utah. <laughs> oh, I remember I, that.
1: that. was brutal. That was a dark uh, time. How could I forget? How After could you forget? going
3: to the Elite Eight, Oregon State only had three wins.
2: What uh,
1: a turnaround.
2: Reed, what about you? Did you watch any Pac-12 basketball last season? I pretty much only tuned in for the tournament uh, and had Arizona winning it all, and they disappointed me. Yeah. Uh, No Oregon. Don't follow Oregon shooty hoops. Uh, Not not until until the when. I mean, Altman is never doing well during the football season, so it kind of overlaps well. (laughs) Works well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's okay, uh, because it is hoops time, and what we're going to do is we're going to start with a segment we call Previously on Pac-12 Basketball. Previously on Pac-12 Basketball. Uh, Arizona won the Pac-12 behind Christian Coloco and Ben Matherin. Both are now gone to the NBA. They finished with a gaudy 18-2 and conference record, beating out preseason favorite UCLA, who finished second in the league at 15-5. and They split their season series before Arizona won in the Pac-12 basketball tournament to beat UCLA 2-1 to on the entirety of the season. Uh, Despite their regular season success, both teams flamed out in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, USC had a pretty solid year, finishing 14-6 in Pac-12 play and made it to the tournament, but fell to Miami in the round of 64. Uh, And that was it for the tournament teams. We only had three in the Pac-12 last season. Uh, But Colorado had an okay year. Uh, They finished 12-8. Washington State continued to improve under Kyle Smith, leading Wazoo to its best season since 2008 when Tony Bennett took the Cougs to the Sweet 16. Oregon disappointed after its worst start in the Dana Altman era, and they ended up losing five of their final six games of the 2021-2022 season after a wild disappearing act from Will Richardson. Washington somehow had an okay year all year because of entirely exclusively because of Terrell Brown Jr., who was the Pac-12's leading scorer last season. He is gone. ASU, Stanford, and Cal were all thoroughly mediocre, and all three enter this new season with their coaches on the hot seat as a result. Utah had its worst season in 10 years after a new coach, uh, Craig Smith, inherited a decimated roster. And Oregon State, our beloved Beavlet, had possibly the worst season for a Pac-12 team in recent memory winning just three total games after making an elite eight in the season prior. All right. Do you all feel refreshed? Do you feel like you know what
1: happened? Is this flashing any memories? I I remember everything perfectly now. Uh, It's like it was just yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> great lovely all
0: right so uh, let's just get started let's talk about some of the biggest losses this offseason let's catch, catch up people on what happened between may and now here in october um a, a bunch of the top players in the league left for the nba and graduation arizona lost a bunch of players ucla lost a couple of guys colorado lost a bunch of players so i want to know from each of you which pac 12 team do you think is going to be hurt most by its losses this offseason avery you can start us off
3: I think it's going to be Colorado. I, for a long time have felt like Colorado is fraudulent. Um, (laughs) last year there, I feel like their record never showed how fraudulent they were. Um, they were a very mid team and losing Jabari Walker, their leading scorer and Evan Batty, their big man. Who's like, was on the team for what felt like 15 years. (laughs) I think it's going to hurt them a lot. I, I don't think they have a ton of amazing guys left behind. Like obviously when, uh, was McKinley right the year before when he left, like that had a big hit on Colorado, but like they were still fine. They still had a a winning record, but I think losing Jabari Walker to the NBA is going to hurt. And like Evan Batty was always just very consistent for them. So I expect Colorado to be bad this year. They're on bad watch. (laughs) Bad
0: watch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They also lose Keyshawn Bartholomew. I think he went to Oregon. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and they don't really bring back a ton. I think the teams that, yeah, that the players that are going to be really central for them are big man, big ish man, Tristan De Silva, and their guard KJ Simpson. And Tristan De Silva was all right last year. KJ Simpson kind of had his moments, but they weren't uh, they weren't particularly good. So, yeah, Colorado is a good choice.
3: Oh, and they lost Elijah Parquet right. too. Yes, to UNLV. That's that got that's got to hurt. He yeah. wasn't great, but.
1: I think I'm gonna disagree that that one's gonna hurt in particular. Okay. <laughs> okay. I,
3: I feel like it's got to hurt to have a guy leave to UNLV, yeah. though.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I
3: don't think they push him out of the program. Right. Uh, yeah. UNLV
0: is a, probably a good, a good. I don't know. They're maybe UNLV is like better, a better spot than Colorado. Although Colorado has been competitive. So, anyway, Colorado losing its probably, I'm pretty sure those are its three best players: Jabari Walker, Evan Batty, Keyshawn Bartholomew. So. Brutal stuff there for the Buffs. What about you, Greg? Who do you think is going to be hurt most by its losses?
1: I think it's going to be USC. Um, so they lost Isaiah Moadley and Chavez Goodwin. Uh, those are the two big losses. And they were USC's best players last year. I think it wasn't close After them, I guess Drew Peterson maybe has an argument to be up there, but uh, I think not having them is going to hurt a lot because I don't think uh, any of the other guys on the roster are going to be good enough to carry them like Mobley and Goodwin did last year. Uh, They're not going to be deep in the front court at all with those losses, and I don't think Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson can carry the offense on their own. Uh, I really wasn't impressed with Boogie Ellis last year, and I'm not expecting a ton of improvement from him uh and while drew peterson had some really really big games that was impressive and like he was certainly a great player he was able to play off their bigs and he's been able to play off their bigs for the entirety of his career so far and he can't really do that anymore he doesn't have like a a real big to play off of he doesn't have anyone else to play off of really they've got uh reese Dix- oh man where did i put reese dixon waters that's the last part i didn't want to mess it up but i did <laughs> uh reese dixon waters they got him and i think he's gonna be good but uh he is still pretty raw not very experienced at all i didn't play a ton last year and uh they're bringing in a highly touted freshman big man uh but i do not want to bet on him filling the void left by isaiah mobley and chavez goodwin because it's a massive ask uh, for a freshman. And I'm going to refrain from saying said freshman's name until I hear someone else say it, because I, I don't want to butcher it horribly. His first name is <laughs> Vincent. Uh. Uh, and he was dealing with some heart issues in the offseason, too, right? The freshman?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I didn't was, know that. Yeah, he was dealing with some... I think he... God, it was like a, a heart disease. It must have been... Uh, this is Vince... Uh, I'm going to try this, and please, anyone... Call me out for this. Uh, you <laughs> Oh,
1: God, you're right. I tried, I thought I had it down and then I yeah, didn't see. You know, I'm just going to wait until the games start. And then once a commentator says it, I will, I will say whatever yeah. they say.
0: But late last month in September, he, um, he was sidelined indefinitely after suffering cardiac arrest this summer.
1: Oh, so, God. so he might not yeah. even
0: play. Yeah, it's, it's pretty unlikely. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he could. I, I don't, um, I don't think so. Um, LA Times reported that he was inching towards a possible return, but probably
1: not. Um, And with with the lack of depth that USC has, uh, I mean, I think it's going to be really tough for them. Not a lot of size, no experience with the players with size. I think they're going to take a massive step back.
0: What do you think, Avery? Are you worried about USC's departures? They lost a couple of guys that were pretty important for them.
3: Yeah, I agree that... Mobley did a lot for that team and a so good win, and Boogie Ellis was kind of uh, I don't know I think we had way higher expectations for him going into the season and I'm not sure if that's on us or him <laughs> um, but like I was told that Boogie Ellis was supposed to be just so fucking electric and he he had his moments but I would say over the entire season from what I remember it was pretty underwhelming and they didn't get any transfers in USC I think they're might be the only Pac-12 team that didn't get any transfers this year. I know they've been like recruiting fine, and their team's going to be pretty young. But I think basketball—it's important to get some transfers when your team's that young. You need some guys that have experience. I guess Drew Peterson's like 27 or something like that. He's <laughs> yeah, so fucking old. I thought he graduated. Yeah, UCLA. I kind of hate him.
1: UCLA also didn't take any transfers, but uh, they're starting from a better spot.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's because they hashtag can recruit
1: <laughs> uh yeah drew
0: Prederson entering his fifth year uh had a really had some really great stretches kind of disappeared sometimes but he's going to be the one who anchors that team we're gonna have to see he's gonna have to take a huge step up if uh usc is going to compete for the pac-12 title Reed, what in your research uh what are you wondering about
2: what's the what's a loss that you're a set of losses a team that you're sort of wondering about their relative to their losses I thought this might be a more popular pick as, as a basketball casual because they were a one seed in the tournament last year, but I went with Arizona. Uh, even though I didn't watch a ton of the Pac-12 games, I did do a fair amount of NBA draft prep and love Ben Matherin and Christian Coloco, uh, and I know they are very important to that team last year, so I think those losses are probably going to be tough to deal with. Yeah,
0: I uh, that's also mine. I think Arizona is the biggest one, the most glaring one, although I think... Greg and Avery brought up really good points about Colorado and USC. Um, Arizona is going to lose its best players. Ben Matherin, Christian Coloco, but also Dalen Terry, uh, who has looked apparently pretty good in the NBA. I don't know. I don't really follow the NBA. Greg is probably keeping up with that. How are they looking, by the
1: way? How are the Uh, three uh, Wildcat boys looking? Matherin looks incredible. Uh, Okay.
3: We've been new. Yeah.
1: uh, (laughs) I'm not sure how Terry is looking or Coloco, but I know Matherin looks incredible. And honestly, Matherin is probably the reason that Terry was able to go to the NBA uh, last year, because if uh, he was a lottery pick this last year, he could have gone the year before, but didn't. Uh, Terry was in a very similar spot to where Matherin was the year before. And I think Mm -hmm. Matherin's success uh, showed a lot of teams that maybe we should be swinging on guys a little earlier than we normally would have so that we don't lose them because they go so much higher the next year, so...
0: Yeah,
3: my thing with Arizona is I just feel like they have such a fucking deep roster. It's insane. Mm. I know that Balo wasn't. Is it Balo? Uh, is Omar Balo. It? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. I mean, when you compare him to. Um, Oh my gosh, why am I? Coloco. Mm -hmm. I feel like that takes away from how good he is. But he was solid and he he was averaging like 15 minutes per game and he still was getting seven points per game in those 15 minutes. So like he was a very good guy off the bench. And so I think that will help to have another big man. And then like Azulis Tubelis, when he wasn't dealing with injuries, was really fantastic on the offensive side of things, defense not so much. And I think his injuries towards the end of the season kind of made – his importance on the court like less apparent i it's kind of scary though to think that they might need to depend on kirk Carissa more because <laughs> yikes uh kirk Carissa, kirk Carissa is like a more talented basketball version of Jaden delora in my opinion uh, where, yes. Like, yes. every every fucking i feel like i go i say oh my god this guy's the worst worst fucking basketball player ever how is he on an elite p5 team and then, oh, well, I guess P six. And then, like the next series, he'll just like score nine points in forty five seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, what the what the fuck just happened? So, I don't think he's super dependable unless he's taken like great great strides. I know he was injured at the end of the last year too, but that's kind of concerning about Arizona. They're just so talented that I feel like if anyone can come back from this. They're a team that can. Also, I, I believe in Tommy Lloyd. I think he's a fantastic coach.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arizona, I think they lost the most. Like, three NBA players is a lot. Nobody else lost that much. Uh, but they have some still really good players on the roster. And the biggest reason that I think USC is in more danger than Arizona is because coaching like i think tommy lloyd's a much better coach than andy enfield yeah and that's gonna make a big difference uh for arizona in my eyes
0: one of these players is gonna step up and be arizona's primary player their best their best player their star i'm gonna list three names here i'm gonna tell you i want you all to tell me who you think has the highest likelihood of breaking out as arizona's number one option here uh ajulis tubelis kerr creesa or pella larson like, of those th- three, th- who do you pick? I
3: think it's Pelle Larson.
0: I think it might be, too.
3: I think he's the best, like, all-around player there. Azulis Tabelas is incredible on offense. Incredible. He, really big component of the game there. But I feel like Pelle Larson, he's not as good as Azulis on the offensive side of things. But, like, overall, he's better at defense. He, I feel like he just can do more. I don't know. I think his size allows him to do more because Azulis Tabelas is on the bigger end of things. But... I think Pell Larson also, I think it'd be funny because Utah fans would be pissed.
0: <laughs> he had a very, he, he was a fairly efficient player last year. Uh, Average seven points per game, uh, 48% shooting, 36% from three. That's pretty good. Um, coming off the bench and now he's going to get some major, I felt like he stepped up uh, when when they needed him to. I don't remember. There's a couple of stretches where he actually had to start, play some extended minutes, right? Due to some injuries. And he had some moments, and now he comes in what his his uh, junior year. Like he's gonna get he's gonna get an opportunity. I think he he could absolutely step up and play well.
1: I think uh, he could, but he needs to improve. Because I mean, at the end of last season, he was definitively I think the third best player of the three you mentioned. Yeah, and he's gonna need to improve to really take on that bigger role uh, offensively. As, you know, their best player. Uh, and I, I don't really trust him to do that. I'm sure he'll have a great season. But I don't think he'll be able to, I don't, I don't think he'll be able to be their best player. Just from what I saw last year. Yeah.
3: I trust him more than Kirk Carisa. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: a yeah.
2: he's a weird one. Reed, how much do you know about Kirk Carisa? You've
3: got to educate Reed on this guy.
0: I,
2: I actually, well, I'll spoil it. Kirk Arisa is it was my pick for player of the year. He's oh, nice.
0: nice. Here we go. Yes. All
3: right, Reed.
2: Throw those
3: that's flames. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a solid that's hot take. I,
2: like I like it. I just watched a few of the games when they played UCLA and their tournament games and stuff, and he was the most entertaining player i saw so i i wasn't sure how hot of a take it would be uh genuinely (laughs) but it's hot yeah he
3: was very electric against ucla (laughs) i will say
0: okay the the comparison read does it help you understand kirk creesa uh if like avery said if he's jaden delora does that help you understand who he is
2: that's got me even more in on my player of the year take <laughs> <Yes>.
0: for sure. <laughs> uh, he is a he. In addition um, to him being, for those who don't know, uh, who are coming in trying to get into Pac-12 basketball, and for Reed himself, um, K- Kirk Risa is like a quintessential like Duke player who just is like the biggest trash talker with the least amount of talent, right? Like whoa,
1: whoa, whoa! He's talented. he's a, he's,
3: he's he's not untalented. He's not
0: untalented. I think he. He's a he might be a good shooter he has pretty he has pretty good vision as a point guard great vision
1: best passer in the conference well, oh. the, well, yeah the thing, the thing about
3: Ker, the thing about Kirk Carissa is like when he's having a hot game he has a hot game yeah. he does not miss anything like he will hit 10 threes in a row oh, and
1: he has the confidence to think every game is a hot game yeah
3: so he comes into every game like that and I would say like 40% of them are, like, really hot. And I think that's worth it.
0: Yeah, it, it might be. It really does feel like... We've talked about this.
3: Not if you're the guy on your team, though. I Because if there's not someone there to make up for the not-hot games, <laughs> that's scary. It's
1: better when you have uh, Benedict Mather in there to score yes. 24, just in case. Yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, get good pick, Reed. That's That's uh, Kirk Crease, I think. He is... <laughs> It feels like when he just drills a three, it feels like 10 points. Like, it just feels like it's
1: more. It's worth more when he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts so much when, when yeah. he makes a three. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it really
1: does. Yeah. Matherin makes a three. You expect it. You're like, whatever. Kirk Rees makes a three. And it's just like, oh, God. Yeah. It feels like nine points. Yeah. What else did you see in your uh, research read? Any, uh, any other teams that
0: you think might be, big lo- like, ha- might be suffering from biggest losses? No, not okay. really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i think that's right it's like ucla lost a couple of guys which like were important but i feel like they replaced them with guys who are better uh oregon lost a couple of guys but they're bringing bringing back like maybe three of their four best players jacob young was obviously a big loss but like you know will richardson's back and quincy garrier is back and all those guys uh Oregon State lost a lot but like they're like horrific garbage so I don't know that that's going to hurt them very much. Stanford brings back some really key players, a ton of key players back. So, uh, I think the ones that we talked about were the were the teams that I think are going to be missing a lot. Um so okay, well those are the biggest losses this off season. Let's move on uh, to talk about preseason rankings. Avery, how about you uh start us off here?
3: Yes. Okay. So Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and the Almanac all released their preseason Pac-12 rankings. They have the same top five across the board. It's UCLA at one, Arizona at two, Oregon at three, USC at four, and Stanford at five. And then they also have the same bottom three. Utah at 10, Cal at 11, Oregon State at 12. So six through nine is where things get crazy. Uh, There's pretty decent variation for where they ranked UW, ASU, Wazoo, and Colorado So I guess I'm just curious, is there anything surprising about their top five teams or their bottom three teams in these rankings? Greg, you can go first.
1: I think Arizona and Oregon should be flipped. Uh, Mather and Terry and Coloco, as we mentioned, massive losses. And as we also mentioned, expecting Kirk Creasa to be the primary ball handler (laughs) for a whole season is a recipe for a lot of dumb losses just because he's going to have the bad games. And when he has, when he goes zero for ten from the field, you're gonna lose. That's just what it's gonna happen. Especially if you don't have uh, a Ben Matherin next to him to make up for that. Uh, On the other hand. Oregon, I think, is set up to be much better than they were last year. The bigs are really talented and a year older. Will Richardson probably won't suck as much as he did in the first half last year. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm expect- and the last five the games. Last, like, that was yeah. a good point. Yeah, there were those two. I'm, I'm expecting something more in the middle, more what we expected before last season and what we saw for a good portion of last year. He still finished with solid stats, Will Richardson. But uh, I'm expecting really good things from Oregon. And I just don't think Arizona's roster is very good this year. Azulis DeBellis is good. Pella Larson is good. Kirk Risa is better than most Pac 12 point guards, uh, but he's going to lose you some games. The rest of the roster, I just think, is meh. Whereas Oregon has more players that I'm excited about. And so I, I think Oregon should be two. For those who aren't
0: uh, familiar with
1: Will Richardson,
0: read how much you know about Will Richardson, as an Oregon fan.
2: Uh, a bit. I mean, I know he was their best player last year, probably or expected to be at least. Yeah, I think one of the the things about
0: him was he had a really had a really rough start. A really, you know, he just went on a heater in the middle of it, and then I think he got a lot of criticism from Oregon fans and from Pac twelve fans who were watching Oregon for for a, quite the disappearing act at the end, where it's sort of like. I mm-hmm.
2: heard he had mono during that time or something. Oh, there was, he was that yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Well that I did, might explain why he was bad. Yeah. I mean it's sort of it's sort there's a narrative building around Will right. Richardson, I think even before then that he kind of disappears in big moments, but that could have been it. Um totally. I, I, I don't think there's anything surprising about the top four. I will say it's very interesting that by consensus, Stanford is five. Uh I have so many questions about Stanford.
1: I know why, right? But they I'm bring ready back- to put. I'm ready to put Stanford three. I'm so close to putting oh Stanford three. Oh my god! Okay,
0: hear it. Say it. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Why? Part of my surprise team thing, of course. Okay. Uh, which is the next thing we were going to talk about, but I'll just say it now. So, like Stanford's roster is like really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, without too much imagination, it's not hard at all to see them finishing above USC. I think. Arizona I don't think I don't think their roster is particularly inspiring whereas with Stanford I think Harrison Ingram is a great player Spencer Ingr- Spencer Jones is a really good player and they brought in one of Davidson's best players who I forget his name Michael Jones Michael Jones yeah the other Jones that's why yeah <laughs> I wrote Jones twice and got confused but uh they're all great. Well, I should say both the Joneses, who are who are not related, FYI, uh, they're fantastic shooters. That won't shooters. Be confusing at all. No, no not confusing <laughs> at all. Uh, they're fantastic shooters. And overall, Stanford has a lot of shooting. And that's going to be huge for them because while Harrison Ingram does almost everything well, he's not a good shooter. And so him having the space of the other shooters is going to be massive for their offense. And defensively, I think they've got just great defenders across the board Um, a little bit I should say I'm not sure about the guard spot but I don't think you need to be a great defender as a guard when you've got the two Joneses and especially Harrison Ingram there Uh, and if Ingram manages to shoot well I think they will be the third best team in the conference, and that's that's the big uh, that's the big question. This all requires, of course, Jared Haas to not be terrible as a coach, which is not a guarantee, but <laughs> if things go right, if things go right, Stanford could be, uh, not Stanford could be, Stanford will be the third best team if uh, if it all clicks.
3: I don't think Jared Haas knows how to
1: coach his players not to turn over the ball. <laughs> that's a good point. This is definitely true. Uh, they don't even have to. Uh, he said it uh uh in a quote an interview, uh he he said, We don't even have to be a like a low turnover team. We just need to not be the worst. <laughs> and I agree with him. You don't He's need to be right. you don't need to be a low turnover team. You just need to not be completely dog shit terrible. Stanford led the Pac twelve in turnovers last year with fifteen per game.
0: Uh for comparison, the best team in the league in turnovers was UCLA they only turned it over 8.9 so almost double what the best team got um, and and a They good... were
3: ranked 349th wow. in turnover rate in Kempom.
0: Wow.
1: Um, you just you um, get that down that, to 200 you're set. That's so broad.
3: <laughs> Their best turnover rate was in 2021 when they're 284th in the country.
0: Yeah. That's brutal. Not not a good sign from your from your head coach. Um i i totally get it with stanford they're the ones that i'm just like really wondering about because harrison ingram might be behind jaime haquez and maybe tiger campbell he might be the best returning player this year uh at least the most talented um he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school Had had a pretty good year all things considered last year looked looked awesome sometimes like he was bullying guys he looked very very good um last year I think it was a shock to everyone that he decided to come back to Stanford for a second year. Uh, I think that was surprising, stunning, that he decided to come back. So, and they they bring back a lot, right? They bring back, like you said, Spencer Jones. They bring back James Keefe. Um, they're they're bringing back a good number of players in a good number of minutes. But man, uh, Jared Haas might be a trash can. I like, I don't know. So. Uh okay so that's one what about what about you read any uh, commentary you don't have to comment on stanford but uh, these top 5 here UCLA Arizona Oregon USC and stanford
2: Yeah stanford was my surprise as well that they were kind of included in that top 5 team Uh, And that just comes from, I usually pay attention around tournament time, and I feel like I almost never see Stanford there in comparison to the other ones. I looked it up. They haven't made the tournament since 2014. Uh, So, I mean, this segment probably applies most to me because everything was a surprise when I opened the preview magazine pretty much, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, this was especially surprising, yeah.
0: Going to be interesting. Uh, Any other thoughts about this top five and how they shuck out? I I would say... I also agreed with Greg that Oregon should be ahead of Arizona. Uh, Oregon's bringing back more than Arizona is. I just, is this the, is this Dana? You know, I'm just kind of wondering like Dana Altman's getting up there in age. Is he sort of losing the plot? Like, I don't know. Is this just a blip year last year? This is maybe one of the most like in in terms of Dana Altman's time there, maybe the most continuity he's had year to year. You know, he's known for slow starts because he gets these rosters that are just kind of put together in in the course of 6 months. Now he gets he gets back a lot of guys. So, I don't know. Maybe that sort of will help or maybe he doesn't know how to what to do when he has a bunch of
1: returning guys. It is definitely a question with how last year went. It's uh it's not a guarantee that Oregon's going to be good, but I I have high expectations. Quick question here from uh, at Eric
0: Flug, Uh Eric Fluge. F l u e g g e. Sorry for mis- misstating your name, mispronouncing your name, buddy. Um, he asks, "Is Oregon State one of the first P five job openings this year? And what is a minimum number of wins this year for Tinkle to be the coach next season?" This is a spicy one, but maybe we should hold off on this till we talk about the bottom.
3: I mean, we can talk about it right now. Okay. I have thoughts. Okay, go ahead. He went to the Elite Eight in 2020, 2021 at Oregon State. This is Oregon State. Um, I'm pretty sure the last time Oregon State went to the Elite Eight was like, what, the 60s or something like that?
1: 64, I think. (laughs) Jesus.
3: Um, I don't think that he is on the hot seat right now. I know only winning three games is, is really, really fucking bad but I don't think he has a chance of being fired this season after taking Oregon State to the Elite Eight less than two years ago. Um, I think if he has repeats what happened last year, yeah, there's a chance. But right now, I don't really think he's on the hot seat. He
0: uh, And the other part of this is that uh, Oregon State has only been to the tournament two times since 1990, and both of those times were under Wayne Tinkle. I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe they just, their expectations are lower. I do think that year was three and 28 is for as bad as Oregon state's been. They have not been that bad before. I think I, well, you have to go back all the way to pff, I'm still scrolling here on sports reference. I don't know that they've ever, I think that might be the fewest ones they've ever had in a full basketball season in their entire history. They went, uh, to uh, I guess they went, uh, one and two. <laughs> nineteen oh one oh two, <laughs> so like you know when they barely just played three games, they couldn't win those three games. That's the last time Oregon State won only three games
3: yeah it was it was a brutal, a fucking brutal season, but I feel like we all just have to remember that this is Oregon State, yeah, and what are the chances they hire a guy that can take them back to the tournament
1: so yeah, I think uh evaluating coaches based on like tournament results is a dangerous thing to do because it is so random uh like the elite eight like they play that again they're not making it that far they probably got in the first round uh that's not to say it wasn't impressive that they made it but uh that team was not the eighth best team in the country uh and i, I think it's it's uh it's a bad idea to ex- see that and think that is indicative of what uh wayne tinkle is as a coach that being said I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat either. Unless it is a season that is as close to as bad as last year, like you said, uh, I don't think he's getting fired. But I do think it's a real possibility that they do that again, and he does get fired.
0: Yeah. I think uh I think the to answer this question, minimum number of wins for Wayne Tinkle. It's gotta be like ten. Man. At least yeah, 10, say ten. At least yeah. ten, yeah. And if he can get into double digit wins, that that would be a good step forward, you know.
1: After last year, so yeah, and they gotta look good. I think.
3: I think it's like totally fair to say you can't base expectations off of oh they he made it to the elite eight, so he's gonna keep his job forever. I don't think Wayne Tinkle has secured his job until he wants to retire. I think they're like aware that last season was bad, and a lot of it was probably his fault for roster management shit. But at the same time, like they're not going to fire him mid-season. Yeah, he's not going to be the the one. They're not going to be one of the first P five openings this year unless they literally do not win a game, leading into the the new year. Yeah, or even like March. I don't know. I don't see them firing him during the season.
0: Yeah. I think that would be. It would take uh, uh, a stunning collapse
1: and off mm-hmm. the court drama. Honestly. Also, they court, would sure.
3: lose a lot of money because they just extended. That's him. Yeah. the
1: biggest thing that is giving him security. Is it was a it was a long extension too. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to afford to pay that. So he, yeah, he might be safe even if they do that again, just because of the money involved.
0: All right, Avery, you got one more question for us about these uh, these rankings.
3: Yeah, I my question was. Of those middle-tier teams, UW, ASU, Wazoo, and Colorado, do you think any of them might surprise us? Reed.
2: Yeah, this is one of the places I'm planting my pla- my flag. In reading the preview magazines, one team captured my imagination, and that was Arizona State. Mm, uh, captures
0: everyone's imaginations yeah. every year. <laughs> we never learn.
2: I, I liked a <laughs> lot of the pieces. Uh, they seemed like they transformed the roster with a lot of transfers. Marcus Bagley seemed like he could be a guy. Uh, and they had a rim protector in, in Warren, Washington. And then I also liked they had a pair of brothers, the Cambridges. You know, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a, that's a good college basketball thing. You have the pair of brothers (laughs) usually (laughs) Frankie,
3: Frankie Collins, the point guard from Michigan that didn't get much playing transfer as playing time as a freshman went before he transferred. I think he could be really, really good depending on Bobby Hurley's coaching, which I don't (laughs) think anyone should depend on personally. He scares me as a coach. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's the thing holding me back from taking Arizona state there cuz I see it it's all it's so easy to see why Arizona state should be good however we I say this
0: every year yeah, exactly. don't get tricked I will you're... not
1: be tricked this year uh, <laughs> if I'm wrong I will be wrong That's fine, but I am not saying they'll be good again. It's it's happened too many times, Uh, so for that reason, I'll say Colorado. I'll I'll disagree with uh, with Avery there. That's
3: that might be a worse take than ASU being (laughs) good. ASU,
1: yeah, no, no, ASU like
3: you're getting tricked. Colorado, I don't know. He's a Boyle believer. That's right,
1: Boyle. I don't. Boyle's not not a bad coach. He's yeah, right. he's a solid coach. Uh, and last year they lost maybe the best play, well, maybe not the best player in program history, but like he has all their records, uh, McKinley. Right, and losing him obviously it was going to be a problem, especially with like the off season drama they had. They didn't have players they were expecting to have, and uh, this year I think I think they're poised to do pretty much what they did last year. Honestly, I think uh, De Silva can step into. Uh, the void left by Batty and uh, Batty and Jabari Walker. And I think KJ Simpson should like hopefully do a little bit of what they were missing last year in terms of guard play. I think that's going to be the bigger thing that keeps them afloat. I'm, I'm not expecting improvement from last year, but I think they'll stay around where they were because the guard play will be much better. I don't think Keyshawn Bartholomew was good that might be addition by subtraction. It's one of my things. Last year is every time I watched Colorado, I got insanely frustrated by him. So that's probably just bias for me. But I think KJ Simpson will be good. Tristan Silva, we know is good, and for that reason, I think Colorado is. I think they'll have twenty wins again. How do
3: we? How do we know um, that Tad Boyle was actually the coach and not Evan Batty? <laughs> for the last five years yeah yeah, for yeah
0: that
1: Evan Batty
3: wasn't the one doing everything for this program
1: uh I mean that's that's a great question uh has to be then again uh Colorado's worst stretch under Tad Boyle was with Evan Evan Batty there that might explain it Evan Batty took over and it just got worse (laughs) and I think it's a great point Reed how much do you know about Bobby Hurley uh, I mostly know him
2: from like his Duke days when he was a point guard for uh-huh. the Christian Leitner teams.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people still hate him from that. And he's also his time at ASU has been very interesting. He's brought in a ton of talent, more talent than Arizona State's ever seen, but buddy, he is bad. He is not a great coach.
3: I I always say that um basketball programs mirror their football programs for the most part, and I think that he is very, very comparable to Herm Edwards (laughs) in the recruiting but not doing anything with the department.
0: Yeah, Uh, although people loved the Bobby Hurley hire. No one liked the Herm Edwards hire. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Hurley was a good hire.
1: Bobby Hurley was a good hire because he had college coaching experience, but you know, I think after this year, if they do what they have done the last two years, you know, it might be time to move on. Uh, And I'm expecting that to happen, so you know I'm not being tricked by the shiny, (laughs) the shiny (laughs) talent. I will not be tricked again.
0: What about you, Avery? Who's your surprise team of these uh, four in the middle? UW, ASU, Wazoo, Colorado.
3: You know I love to throw my weight behind uh, a team with only one good player, and that is (laughs) the Washington State Cougars. Uh, Muhammad Gay is elite. Last year he was really great. He was a freshman last year. He's really young. He wasn't perfect. Uh, but he was very solid considering he was a freshman surrounded by like a good team. They weren't excellent. You know, Washington State lost F.A. Abegidi, which was a huge loss to the G League. He was a fantastic player. And so some might think that they are going downhill. But I raise you this. They they can do it behind Muhammad Gay. Uh, Kyle Smith believes all they need is Mohammed Gay. He calls him an Evan Mobley light. And as long as he stays healthy, I don't I don't see why. What could possibly go wrong? Depending on one player to carry an entire team, I believe in Muhammad <laughs> Gay. So,
0: go Cougs. Not bad. I think I'm also intrigued by Washington State, and I also kind of think uh, I, I don't want to call them my surprise team. I've got a different one lined up for that one, but I think they could be interesting. Uh, I think uh, if I look, if I'm looking at this here correctly. Uh, yep Washington State led the league led the Pac-12 in three-point attempts they were sixth in the league in three-point percentage they uh, Kyle Smith's entire ethos his entire strategy is a very it's sort of grounded in the basketball analytics movement which is three points is more than two he is very committed to getting open three-pointers Um, yeah. last year Washington State could not knock them down Um, Noah Williams big drop off as a shooter he's gone now michael flowers not a great shooter he's gone tyrell roberts not a great shooter he's gone um they bring in a couple of guys here who i think are unproven like justin Powell, where did he transfer from he transferred from tennessee tennessee i think he was he's a bit of an unknown but shot when he did play shot a 38% clip from 3 tj bomba comes back he shot 36% from 3
3: jabe mullins from saint mary's that's
0: right andre jacomofsky um is another one who shot well from three uh jabe mullins you're right uh you're right 37.3 percent from three he clearly kyle smith is going all in on just trying to get a bunch of shooters and and shoot the shit out of the ball he that i love is, that yeah i love that yeah and he that's could, my shit yeah he could do it like that if that's the kind of shooters he has on this roster they could have a, a pretty good year
3: if you're Washington State, what you know what? Put all your eggs in one basket, and then have Muhammad Gay be a defender. But put put all the other eggs in the other basket, and just go for it. Yeah. What could go wrong? You're Washington State. Don't have high expectations. <laughs> You'll be okay.
1: What I'm concerned about with Washington State is the volume of those three point shooters is uh, not super high, and they're mm. going to be taking more threes than they ever have before. And they're pro- I, I, I don't expect them to be super high quality shots. Just because when you try and spray threes, they're going to be worse than... Like, the threes you take will be worse than teams that only take them when they're open, you know? So I'm worried that the percentages for those players will go down, and I don't see anyone there who I trust to create consistent offense against a good defense, and it makes me worried for Washington State.
3: You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. It's true, so, <laughs> however. So said take every shot. You
1: can still miss... Most of the shots that you do take, but you'll
3: miss. You'll miss less if you <laughs> take all of them.
1: As I can't argue with that logic. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, tell us about your surprise team. Uh,
0: okay, so I'm gonna put this surprise team with my later one. We'll just skip this question altogether since we kind of got all our, all our surprise teams out of the way. Um, I think it's Washington. I'm really curious. Oh,
3: dumb pick alert! Boo. Really bad pick. <laughs>
0: I think it's Washington. I'm really intrigued by Noah Williams coming, um, and they also get Keon Brooks from Kentucky, who is a five star yeah, recruit a big transfer. I am really curious to see can Keon Brooks step into the role that Terrell Brown Jr. did. Um, can he? Can he carry Washington the way that Terrell Brown Jr. did? Especially since Terrell Brown Jr. himself was also a transfer who also came from a, a fringe blue blood or a blue blood. And took on a bigger role with Washington. And now they get Noel Williams, who's like a pretty good defender. Um they they did not have any good defenders last year. Jamal Bay comes back. He was pretty good. Cole Bajima kinda sucked, but he, mm, he can sucked. shoot.
3: He was bad.
0: <laughs> but if he just sits on the sits on the perimeter and shoots threes. That might
1: be good enough for him.
3: Every every team needs a white guy that can do that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: um,
3: I wish so badly that Terrell Brown Jr. was still on this team. I do yeah. too,
1: because like it hurts
3: my heart so much. The defense is going to be good fun. this
1: year. I think that's you know Mike Hopkins' his hallmark is his defense, and it, I just I can't remember which one of you said it, but it wasn't good last year. Uh, I think they have the players; they should be good this year. I'm just worried about the offense. I. Don't expect Keon Brooks to be Terrell Brown Jr. and I don't expect Jamal Br- Bay to be Terrell Brown Jr. I don't expect them together to be Terrell Brown Jr. I think they'll struggle offensively. Their games, I think, will be uh, rock fights. That, it, that might be true, but I, I mean, Noah Williams, Jamal Bay, Cole Badjema
0: have been good three point shooters in the past. At some point, well, they might
1: be shooters, but like uh, they don't where make are the anything creators? happen. Like Noah yeah. Williams was supposed to be a creator last year and he just sucked. that's true. He wasn't. Uh, Yeah, he was not. He'll probably be better than he was last year, but I don't think that's good enough to really carry an offense. Uh, And I do think in college you need someone to do that.
3: We can't expect him to be better either because I I do not think that he has a better coach this season. I do not think that Hopkins is a better coach than Kyle Smith. That's a good point.
0: That's a good point. All right let's move on then from these uh these rankings here lots of agreement at the top uh not convinced by stanford some of us aren't um but i think we all agree do we all agree by the way we haven't really talked about that much at all but we absolutely should because they're the best team in the league probably do we all agree that ucla is the best
1: team in the pac 12 and that they're a national title contender yeah uh yeah absolutely agree that they're the best team in the Pac-12. 12 uh there is a world where they win the title but i think it is unlikely
3: quit being boring <laughs> okay,
1: you know stanford second best team in the pac-12 here we go yeah. <laughs> is
3: stanford a title contender greg i
1: think so you have to you have to uh you have to consider the possibility
0: yeah what about what about reed, reed what do you know about ucla they're the supposed to be the pac-12s uh, flag bearer here but any any reflections thoughts about your read on ucla
2: well, I'll, I'll transition this into the main agenda that I will be pushing oh, ah. for Pac 12 basketball this year. There's one basketball talking point that has been the loudest from the streets of Ducks Twitter. And that is that Dana Altman owns Mick Cronin. Oh,
1: shut the fuck up. I can't do this right now. Fuck I'm, you, Reed.
2: <laughs> I'm trusting my people. Uh, I'm going with...
1: He shouldn't. Morgan I mean, Ar- they're right. <laughs> he has owned Mick Cronin. Morgan
2: already owned UCLA in football this weekend. Uh, and I think that the Ducks will continue to torture Carlos. I'm predicting <laughs> Altman finishes again with a winning record. Over the Eggman
1: in UCLA. Oh, that's a hell of an agenda. Uh, I feel
3: like that's not even like that hot of an agenda, though. No, I mean, because, agendas
1: like, I don't think have to be hot. the
3: The record shows the record shows this. Yeah, I, but, I agree,
1: I'm on Carlos. Board. Yeah,
0: I think I think Mick. Cro- it is true that Mick Cronin is. I think he's what zero six now against Dana Allman, something like that. Yeah, it's bad it's not good uh he like beat usc for the first time in 2021 on his third year uh it's not his record against dana altman is not good i uh have much trauma from last year i was like this it? yeah ucla is clearly a better team oregon sucks and oregon, oregon won swept. twice yeah <laughs> I can't. uh that is an agenda i um ucla should be so much better uh than they were for much of last year. Uh UCLA loses Johnny Jusang Jules Bernard, Cody Riley, Miles Johnson, Peyton Watson. But they do bring in Amari Bailey, a five-star, like top 10 player uh in this class, Adem Bona, another like top 10 player in this class, Dylan Andrews, like a top 20 player from last year's class. Those three players have apparently done really well in the offseason. I don't know. They're bringing back Jaime Hawkins. They're bringing back Tiger Campbell. They're bringing back Jalen Clark. They're bringing back David Singleton for like the millionth year. Um, So my agenda is that UCLA should be a number one seed. I think they are a one seed quality. Um, I think that they will run through much of their non-conference. They should. Uh, I think... This has to be the year that UCLA steps up and becomes like a major national power. Um, now, whether they get to the Final Four, as you all know, it's a crapshoot. It's like uh, random. They should get there, but you know, uh, but but my view is that they they should be a one seed. They should be one of the four best teams in the country all year. Reed is shaking his head. Let's let's hear it, Reed. <laughs>
2: Well, it's just as funny to me that you think it's such a crapshoot tournament success just because Mick hasn't had it yet. Mick Dana's went to the, the final <laughs> four. Mick went to the,
3: final, went to the four. final four. <laughs> he went to the He was almost in the championship game.
1: He was one shot away. Uh, all-time great tournament shot. But, you know, I understand uh, what you're trying to do, and... Uh, I respect it. Keep keep doing it. Uh,
3: Reed's, Reed's finding his humor. Finding to bother it's, it's, as much sure. as
1: possible. <laughs> <laughs> UCLA basketball. That's where we can hurt him. All right. That's that's oh, what yeah. he cares about. Yeah. Uh, so if we can just, you know, just a few well placed losses. That's what we need. Attack
3: that, Carlos because me and Greg were yes men when it came to UCLA mm-hmm. last year. Yeah,
2: that that's I don't want I don't want Carlos to deflect. I want him to commit to a line of tournament success for UCLA this team this season. They should get to the final four. They should be devastated if they don't.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I was devastated last year when they got flamed down in Sweet Sixteen. I don't get devastated about much, but UCLA basketball was the was is my uh, is, is the thing that's
1: supposed to bring me joy, and they did not.
3: They were looking ahead to St. Peter's. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, ke- hard to blame them. Hard to blame them. Uh, we all were. <laughs> Carlos especially was looking ahead to to St. Peter's. Uh, you know, from freezing cold <laughs> takes. <laughs> That's right. I did get the freezing cold takes tweet for saying. What did I say? I said something like, uh, uh, "You said uh, St. Peter's is UCLA's elite eight matchup, uh, easy final four trip, and then they lost <laughs> yeah. to North Carolina.
3: They lost to uh, UNC.
1: <laughs> I'm still oh, mad at Mick Cronin terrible. for that game. Uh, yeah,
0: I haven't gotten yeah. over it. So he, my, you know, I, I think he has lots to prove this year. I think he totally, he's not uh, off the hook. I think. Now again, he's not going to get fired. He's not on the hot seat. I feel like whenever I question Mick Cronin, people are like, "Oh, you're saying he's going to get fired?" I don't think that, but I think like we have to have. We're going to have to have ta- if if we see some of the same issues we saw this year as we did last year around rotations and decisions with which bigs to play. That was a huge discourse last season. I was pushing it. A bunch of other people were pushing it. Um, if that continues, we've got to have a serious conversations about uh, the Mick Cronin era because that that can't happen again. Um, okay. Well, that's uh, that's one of our
1: agendas. Uh, Greg, what's your what's your agenda? Uh, well, so I, I I mentioned Stanford already. Uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna be pushing Stanford as you know, a top as competent, especially competent, super competent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Harrison Ingram. I was gonna say Pac-12 first team is like a hot take, but you you're calling him the third best player in the conference, which is hotter than I was willing to go uh but anyway so yeah i think harrison ingram pac-12 first team i think that's one of my agendas i think he's awesome is it likely i don't think so is it impossible i also don't think so uh and most importantly i want it to happen and so it's going to happen Uh, i'm going to be extremely loud every time he has a good game and i'll be (laughs) silent every time he has a bad game uh yeah another one on my agendas Reese and Waters as USC's best player by the end of the season. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. interesting. It's uh, intriguing. Uh, he had a great finish to last season, yeah. Uh, and I think he can become a real lead guard in a way that Drew Peterson and Boogie Ellis aren't. Like Drew Peterson, I think is more of a wing. I I wouldn't want him handling the ball every possession. Uh, and as I said earlier, I'm not super high on Boogie Ellis uh so by the end of the year i think we'll be i think i think we'll be talking about reese dixon waters as usc's best player
3: yeah boogie ellis is just the easiest pick for that yeah i feel like but yeah that is that is a fun agenda
0: i also think i mean we were talking a little bit last year i don't know if y'all remember but reese dixon waters was we were talking about should he start over boogie ellis because boogie ellis is having a brutal stretch yeah um avery what about you what's what agenda are you pushing
3: I know I usually bring like agendas are my thing and it was really hard for me to come up with one. So my agenda is going to be that Utah is the worst team in the conference.
0: Really? That's. Um,
3: This is actually just kind of rooted in me hoping that uh, they'll prove me wrong. Because last year I was saying they're like uh, the fifth best team in the conference and that didn't happen. Uh, Utah has a bunch of accountants on their team. That's really all I got to say about that. They have not been recruiting well. I know Craig Smith didn't inherit a great situation uh, with all the guys that ended up transferring out of the program, including Pell Larson. Um, And last year, Brandon Carlson, their best player either had COVID or was dealing with appendicitis most of the season, which was fucking brutal. Um, And I feel like the guys that were on the team, it's so dependent on Brandon Carlson and outside of that, they're just kind. Of, they're kind of just okay. They're not. They're not terrible, but they're just fine. That's why I call them accountants because that's their future. Um, <laughs> it's really hard for me to like feel good about what has happened in the off season. I know they brought in Mike Saunders from from Cincinnati. They got a guy from BYU, and then Ben Carlson from Wisconsin, which are all like big. Big transfers for Utah. They offer some depth and even like some starting possibilities. And then they got. I think the player I'm most excited about for Utah is Keba Keda. I think is his name. He's not going to see much Keda. playing time this year. Keda. He's but he's a freshman. Um, he's not going to see much playing time this year because he's young. But I think like for the future of the program, he could be a really really fun player. But other than that, I just like the guys that they're the guys that they have on their team are all just kind of mediocre and uh, to be honest like i don't i don't really know much about cal or have expectations for cal so (laughs) i really feel like it's going to be utah cal and oregon state down there at the bottom it'll be hard to be worse than oregon state (laughs) yeah but yeah but i'm just going to say that my agenda is utah is going to be the worst team in the conference and then i'll be happy when i'm wrong
0: one of my surprise teams was that one of my surprise teams is going to be utah i think utah might be like top I don't know, seven? I feel like they could be squarely in the That's middle.
3: That's the thing about Utah is, like, I feel like they could be, like, way better than anyone is expecting or, like, genuinely worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, I have no idea what to expect so, from this team.
1: I'm definitely higher on Utah than Avery is uh, because one of the big reasons is I do expect Kiba Kata to play. Oh, do you? Because, I mean, remember last year, one of the biggest issues Utah had. Like I think the biggest issue was a lack of offensive creation, which is still going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. But I think the next biggest issue was Bigs, uh, Brandon Carlson, really good. After that, it kind of sucked a lot. Deshaun uh, Horchich was good when he played, and then you know had that bad injury. And then when he came back, he had the uh, disagreement with the coaching staff, and he left the team. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, and I think that hurt Utah a lot. I think Kada is going to be big yeah. for them, especially because one of Carlson's biggest weaknesses, or I should say uh, Brandon Carlson, because now Utah has two Carlsons. Uh, one of Brandon Carlson's biggest weaknesses is his rebounding, and I think Keita is going to be a big help there. He's super athletic. Uh, he's a great rebounder. And Wilkins, exact day, the other freshman, or I should say one of the other freshmen that's coming in, I think he'll have... Uh, a solid role similar to the one that Lazar Stefanovic had last year for Utah and i think that'll help them offensively along with the addition of uh, Mike Saunders i think Utah's going to be a significantly better team than they were last year but they'll probably still be in the bottom half of of the Pac-12 because it's not big enough improvement i'm on the Utah 2023 train though i think they'll be good in 2023 or 2024 it's
3: easier it's easier for me if i assume Utah's bad cuz then i'll be positively <laughs> I understand. surprised I get last it. Last year last year hurt me so much.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to gas him up even a little bit more. I'm curious about Marco Anthony. I want to see if he takes a step up. Uh I know that he was kind of up and down last year. I feel like I feel like Marco Anthony could be a, an important player for them. And Brandon Carlson, you said it Avery and Greg, like he was hurt for much of last year. If he's 100% healthy, how many wins does Utah get last year in a in a really bad down year um with a ton of turnover and a ton of injury it felt like that uh, the rotation uh, the big position was like a revolving door brandon carlson stays 100 healthy uh, add in ben carlson uh, he was a four-star recruit out of high school uh, out of wisconsin now he's entering his third year in college adding him another sort of talented guy on the wing 6'9 like at some pretty good size i don't know utah could could be a, a, a problem. Now, I'm don't. i not saying they're a tournament team or anything like that, but number seven in the league, I think, would be such a huge step up, would be really exciting. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what we have for our agenda. So Let's just get right into it. Let's make some quick predictions for the year. Uh, let's start with conference champs. Who do you think is winning the league this year, Avery? You start us off. Uh,
3: I guess UCLA is the easiest answer. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll win the tournament, though, because that doesn't happen. <laughs> I think... Who do I think will win the tournament?
0: Probably Oregon. The Pac-12 Oregon. tournament or the NCAA
3: tournament? Yeah, Pac-12 tournament, not the okay. NCAA tournament. <laughs> Oregon will probably win the Pac-12 tournament.
1: Okay, Greg? I think Utah, um, not Utah, UCLA. <laughs> 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 and UCLA sweeps, uh, I think they're going to be better than they were last year, actually, by the end of the season because of the some of the decisions that I thought Mick Cronin got wrong have been taken out of his hands. Now he can't play Cody Riley when he shouldn't be playing Cody <laughs> Riley anymore. And, uh, Peyton Watson is gone, which is unfortunate because I think he was really underutilized, but, uh, Mick Cronin does not have really a choice. He has to utilize UCLA's freshmen this year. And I think that is going to be for the better. Amari, Amari Bailey is a really talented player. I think, Adem bona is going to have some uh, some growing pains as a young as a young player but I think by the end of the year UCLA is going to be more athletic and uh, more athletic than they were last year and better off than they were uh, going into tournament time and so I think they'll sweep
0: I agree I think uh, I think UCLA should be the favorite to win the conference win the tournament. Um, the Pac-12 tournament. Um, I think they should be, like I said, in conversation for the one seed. I think they have two of maybe the five best players in the Pac-12, maybe top, maybe even three best players in the Pac-12. Uh, they they get more athletic. I think they finally have some guys who might be able to be locked down individual defenders, which they have not had in a while. I am the the one thing is they better hope no one gets injured at the mm-hmm. at, at center because that's going to be a big problem. It's a Dembona, and then it's like. Kenny Nuba, uh Mac who, Etienne, like, too, or yeah. Mac Etienne, like and neither of those guys, I think, are who you want to be getting major center minutes, and you don't want them to be getting major starting center mm-hmm. minutes. So that is a concern for UCLA. Uh, I I would agree. Uh, but I'll throw in, yeah, I, I'll throw in Oregon as a dark horse though. I, I like think that they actually have so, a lot of continuity. Um, and a lot of intrigue around that team. Um, so, and, and Will Richardson, you know, he's got a redemption arc here to to start. So,
1: and if they play UCLA, we know they'll
2: win. <laughs> Reed, uh, who do you think wins the Pac-12? I have Oregon winning the Pac-12 tournament oh. over Arizona <laughs> State. Oh. oh. <laughs> he mapped out the entire Pac twelve tournament.
3: Look at this. Do you think do you think Oregon State I mean not Oregon State? Do you think Oregon's gonna win like the Pac twelve though outside of the regular tournament?
2: season? No. I, I think they're gonna be surging late, but I think that this is like the perfect kind of roster for Altman to kind of get a handle on as the season gets going. They have four double digit scorers coming in. They have three guys over six foot eleven. So I feel like there are pieces there. Uh, to like turn this into a surging team in the Pac-12 tournament and potentially to make a run uh, in March. Yeah, it's an intriguing option. I think I, I'm I'm really I'm keeping an eye on
0: Oregon, Arizona, USC. Just have they have too many roster question marks mm-hmm. be to sort of think about them as a dark horse. It's really it's really UCLA and then you know maybe Oregon is is how I'd put those. Okay, real quick, who's uh, who do you think is making the tournament this season? Avery, we can start with you again.
3: Oh, um, definitely UCLA. Uh, probably Oregon, probably Arizona. And you know what? I'll I'll be crazy. I'll say that. I'll say that Stanford gets in there too.
0: Oh no, USC.
3: Sure. Oh, okay. five teams. <laughs> okay, let's go. Yeah. All right,
1: <laughs> Greg. Who are your uh? Who are your tournament teams? UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, Stanford. No USC. Oh, yeah, oh. I think uh, USC's losses were big. He's a hater. I think. Yeah. The, the, t- the team's just not going to work very well.
2: Okay. All right. Reed. Uh I'll I'll lead off with, of course, Arizona State's going to make it. Yes. Then <laughs> uh, Arizona, Oregon, UCLA. I initially had USC, but Greg's won me over. I'll always take a chance to hate on the Trojans, so I'll go with Stanford <laughs> as the fifth team.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, I've got, uh, obviously, UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, USC. I think that they're locks. I... I'm gonna say, I don't believe in Stanford, but I I think Washington and Washington State make it. Um, I'm feeling, I always feel high about the Pac-12, and there's always biting yeah. ass. Uh, eight teams remember. last year, I remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what an insane take! I can't believe y'all let me. I can't believe y'all let me say that and post
1: that. Yeah, we really assholes. should. We are bad friends for that.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think Washington date has maybe a roster that's better suited for kyle smith maybe less talented but better suited for a system and washington just has talent i don't know mike hopkins was pretty good back in the day uh and i don't trust jared house at all i think he's a trash can um mike hopkins might be a trash can also
1: but i think he is also yeah
0: i think the washington the trash can
3: that looks like a scarecrow
0: (laughs) i think washington schools get in um
1: all right what about pac 12 player of the year uh greg you can start us off on this one I'm glad I get to go first because I get to pick by far the best player, and that is uh, Jaime Jaquez. I think it'll be him. Uh, He's been UCLA's best player the last two years, I think. Uh, Shooting might have been a little worse last year, but I'm not going to let that uh, get in my way. I think he just does everything. He does everything so well. He's a great defender. He's a great playmaker. He's a great scorer. I think he is a good shooter, despite what the numbers said last year uh so yeah i think it's hakez and then everyone else okay avery Uh,
3: i agree that hame is probably leading by a lot but i'll go with muhammad gay just to be different and quirky (laughs) um i think he's really great yeah no
0: he's a he's a big guy he like looked sometimes during early sometimes throughout the season he looked very smooth for like a seven foot dude like just like really smooth moves, I could I could totally see it.
3: Also, he's going to be the best player on his team, and like narrative wise, that mm-hmm. if your team's like just okay and not elite, that's like a great way to be in the conversation for player of the year. If you're the one that's like elevating your team, and it's very obvious that without you, your team would be much worse. Yeah,
0: almost happened for Terrell Brown Jr. last year. He definitely got a lot of consideration. For, he, sh- he probably should have won it, it. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Mathurin was good too. Mathurin yeah. is really great, but yeah. Reed, what about you? Pac 12 player of the year. Yeah, I gave it away earlier. Kirk Creesa I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love he it did. so
1: much. Yeah, that's unhinged. <laughs> if Reed hits on these takes, it's gonna be legendary. It's gonna be so
0: funny and fucking lose it. Um yeah, I I'm gonna I'm to be slightly different and say Tiger Campbell. I think he might be I think he's he was a very important part. He's been an important part to ucla's offense uh the past couple years not a horrific defender certainly tries hard um i think ucla's offense might depend heavily on tiger campbell so um i think it'll be him but uh i also thought of muhammad gay um and i also think harrison ingram is an interesting one if stanford is good it will be because of harrison ingram by far the most talented player um in the one of the most talented players in the pac-12 the most talented player by far at stanford he, he he could. If Stanford is a tournament team, a tournament lock, like coming into February or something like that, it will be because of him.
1: Yeah, I had a list of five players or six okay. players actually. I, I should okay. have had Tiger Campbell on there, but I didn't. Uh, especially if he improves as much as he did last off season. Uh, but Jaime Hawkins was the one I had first. Uh, Zulus Tabellis. I'm surprised none of you mentioned him. i have have complicated
0: feelings about Azulis julius to be honest i especially
3: on his defensive game and
0: the way he disappears sometimes he's he can be soft i don't know i have i have questions i have questions about julius that's fair uh
1: harrison ingram i had him will richardson we didn't mention him oregon could be the best team in the pac 12 i don't think they will be but like in the world where they finish first in the pac 12 i think will richardson wins player of the year and because i'm a homer brandon carlson uh great player Utah's best player puts the team on his back I love him uh yeah
0: yeah I think uh we, one of the one of the major magazines we're reading is the Almanac and I think it's a, it's a great magazine it's fantastic it's my favorite college basketball preview they were really down on Brandon Carlson and I'm well, not they're uh, wrong and
1: stupid yeah uh yeah <laughs> they should feel Here bad I am praising them
0: <laughs> um okay good picks coach of the year Reed you start us off on this
2: one i think everyone can probably guess this by now i'm going with bobby hurley oh, oh no he's I'm bringing together. Together. Jesus. Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: okay say more you're, you're just intrigued by them you're, your eye is caught by that roster they captured my imagination in the preview mag uh it sounds like maybe he's had a checkered pass at arizona state but i think he <laughs> figures maybe. it all out this year
0: <laughs> it'd be interesting if arizona state is a tournament lock he will definitely be there i think here's a yeah. play, it is we should say who who cannot win coach of the year no way McCronin can win coach of the year i think he totally can okay
1: it's well, a very easy a path, path for him technically to
3: everyone it. could if they get make it to the national championship well i think the awards
1: <laughs> are
0: before uh before the tournament i think oh uh, yeah so i all right avery who's your avery who's your pick You you go you go then
3: Dana Altman. Okay, that's, that's such a lazy pick. I mean, I this one's a hard one to have hot takes on. Bobby Hurley's hot take. <laughs> Dana Altman's solid. It was a bad, bad year last year. A lot of people are questioning if he's just too old or whatever. If he's just burnt out, and I feel like if he he comes back and Oregon's like clearly the second best team in the conference, that will look really good for him.
0: It's not. It's not a bad pick. I think he's a he's a, a good basketball coach, and we'll have to find out if he can. Do something with some continuity here.
1: Greg, who's your pick? So, uh, I can't be a homer on this one because I'm a year early, but 2024 Craig Smith Coach of the Year. Until then, <laughs> though, uh, I'm going to go I, just for synergy with my other picks. It's got to be Jared Haas. Uh, wow. Just God. because if Stanford is that good, he's going to win it. Yes, it's true. That being said, I do think Mick Cronin can absolutely win it because UCLA – should be at least i expect them to be on a completely different tier from the rest of the conference and they'll totally give it to a team that just wins the conference with a five game margin and then wins the tournament like i could totally see him getting that yeah that's true i agree uh
0: mine is a little out of left field and it just is entirely dependent on how they look this is a bit of a risk it's a dark horse i'd i'd say but I'm wondering about Kyle Smith. I think he gets a ton of he think he gets a ton of credit. Um, I think he's well respected. I think people really feel good about him. I I, I want to see if this roster really does fit his system. He did win the most games uh, at Washington State in like ten years, pretty much last year. So I, I'm gonna say Kyle Smith uh, has has the inside track as long as Washington State gets into the tournament. If they get into the tournament, I think um, that would be a massive, um, a massive win for him. So yeah, okay. Uh, well, then that's it for our predictions. We got them all out of the way. Now it's time to do uh, some game predictions. We're doing things a little bit differently than we do on our football episode, especially this first week, because non-conference in hoops is. Frankly, super boring. I hate non-conference and basketball. Non-conference and football is like, you know, you don't have to like do 20 games of this, but non-conference in basketball can be can be brutal. Um, all we're asking for you to survive this is uh, watch your own team. Please do not watch teams outside your own um, unless there's something on national television. Um, or until the Pac-12 season starts to do that too. So instead of picking games for opening day... There's uh, 12 games. All 12 teams are playing on the same day, November 7th. It's like from 11 a.m. to like 9 p.m. 9.30 p.m. I think is when the last game. 9.30 Pacific, I think, is when the last game tips, which is... um. <laughs> truly unhinged i don't know why you would i don't know why you'd put a game at nine pacific on tip-off but that's what college basketball season's like here's the nice thing about college basketball games though this is this is the thing i love about college basketball two hours and it's over like there's no football's like okay this game could be four hours five hours basketball's done two hours flat um Mm -hmm. it's beautiful uh i am looking forward to that Um, So instead of picking games for opening day, I want each of you to pick three Pac-12 teams who you think have the best shot at losing on opening day. Okay, so um, these are all mostly cupcakes. They're all, none of these are marquee games whatsoever. It's like the best team I think might be Florida Gulf Coast just by record, Weber State maybe. Um, So these are technically all cupcakes, but I want you to pick three teams that you think could get upset on this first day read i don't know just take a shot at the dark buddy what do you think <laughs>
2: um. i'm flying blind here definitely <laughs> i'll go with usc versus florida gulf coast that's that would be a revenge game right because yeah, yeah great i love the narratives there uh sounds like oregon state's not very good so i'll go with them to lose to tulsa mm. um and my last one. Why not? I'll go. I'll go Weber State uh, over Washington for the rivalry. <laughs> and shout out Dame Willard for going to Weber State. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> not bad, Avery.
3: Okay, mine are Colorado, Willa's U C Riverside. If you remember last season, U C Riverside had the crazy win over ASU. Oh, that's right. That it was, was like bad. a halftime shot
0: or something, right? Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah,
3: half court, half court shot. Uh, that was fucking insane. And I I have no rivalry hatred against Colorado when it comes to football but for some reason I just hate their basketball team <laughs> I don't know what so bizarre. I think it's just to be um, different I don't know mm. Oregon State's won't probably won't lose to Tulsa, but they're pretty bad. Reed, you're right. There, that's a possibility. And then this one's crazy: Utah versus Long Island University. And the reason I pick Long <laughs> Island University to win this game is because they have a cool logo and mascot. Go sharks! They have
0: i Go am gonna
3: look this up now. Their logo is literally just a shark.
0: Shark oh, really? Be and so whenever at all like
3: Fox Fox College Basketball posts like the graphic with the logos in it. Everyone's always like, Who, "Whose is the shark logo? And that's Long Island University.
0: Really? Because I see the LIU Brooklyn Blackbirds men's
1: basketball.
3: Oh, did I look at the...
1: That, this is... No, no, the Long Island, they're the sharks. I can see the logo. I'm looking at it now. I'm pretty
3: sure Utah's playing the sharks.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I see on my app, it says LIU Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, it's a different school. Well, Utah's okay, playing Long know. Island uh, the sharks unless espn's <laughs> lying to me i don't uh, know i
0: looked at espn <laughs> maybe maybe uh yeah i guess uh espn oh, maybe i'll go to the liu men's basketball they do have a co-logo i was like looking at the other one um i want to see does LAU? oh here it is yeah you're right it is liu um it is the sharks it's a it's a pretty good one
3: okay i was like damn that's embarrassing you know, my
0: app is clearly getting us <laughs> too confused clearly these two teams do not matter um I am going to say Cal loses to UC Davis. Cal opened last season with the loss to, what was it, UC San Diego, I think? Um, one of them. Yeah, I yeah, it was, one I think of the it was San Diego,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Cal is, is going to be so funny dunking on Cal. They've been making a lot of jokes about being, not jokes, they've been m- being, being assholes saying they're the flagship and all this other stuff of the UC system. I really hope they lose to UC Davis. I would, uh, I would die laughing. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll throw god i don't know i'll say i i'll go ahead and say tulsa beats oregon state that'll be number two number three i don't know arizona state's weird i'll say they lose to tarleton state um not that i think they'll be any good but
1: just might as well throw it out there yeah. who cares <laughs> uh i'm gonna go oregon state washington state and usc uh they're all teams with big turnover from last year, and I think it could take them a little bit to like get into the rim- rhythm of things with each other. Uh, okay. Also, Texas State and Tulsa just are, are giving me big upset vibes. I could see it from them, uh, and that's really why I picked them. And then as for USC, uh, it would just be really funny if they lost to a team called the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles, especially with the revenge factor, uh, and an honorable mention is ASU losing to Tarleton yeah good
0: good pick our really our next big shot at like a fun game like an actually worthwhile game would be that friday november 11th uh stanford goes to madison to play wisconsin who's ranked 14th in the ap poll right now so that one could be interesting if you're looking for a game i would say uc irvine and oregon uh uci is like pretty competitive like i'm pretty sure they're a really competitive uh mid-major program so if you're looking for a game to watch see if anyone might be on upset watch i'd say them uh and then on saturday november 12th uh if you're not gonna watch football uh you watch washington state and boise state boise state ranked 23rd in the country so that would be um a lot of fun to watch but that's a those are some big games to check out for that week all right well that's our basketball show as always football episode coming out next monday a bunch of patreon stuff for you before then and of course more nonsense on twitter but for now that's avery that's greg that's matt that's not matt that's reed (laughs) 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 Uh, getting you too confused already Uh, i'm carlos thank you for listening and remember there are no truck stops
1: here not even one Still and thick with smoke
3: So thick it makes you choke The crowd in The cup is kicking And my patience to everything. Said I'm lonelier Than a single sax On a quiet city street